0: Hey y'all, thank y'all for tuning in to Black O True Crime. I'm your host, Kay Simone, and this episode is about the tragic death of a Lua I'm going to hit y'all with one of her final tweets from June 6, 2020, that said, Anyways, I was molested in Tallahassee, Florida, by a Black man, this morning at 5.30 on rich Richview in Park Ave. The man offered to give me a ride to find some place to sleep and recollect my belongings from a church I refuged to a couple days back to escape unjust living conditions. So this tweet was on June 6th, and on June 14th, a friend released a statement on Twitter that read, I'm sorry to inform everyone about this, but Toyin is no longer with us. Alua Toyin Salau went missing on June 6th, and she was found buried in the backyard of Aaron Glee Jr.'s home. The world is fucked up, y'all. Let's talk about it. So I just realized that I can break up uh, more involved episodes and still give y'all content. So we're going to take a break from the DC Snipers and I'll be hitting y'all with part three next week. So if you know anything about Alua Toyin Salau, hopefully I can provide you with some new details. If this is your first time hearing about this case, then strap the fuck in because her story is incredibly sad. Um, I'm definitely going to try and get through this without ha- emotional outrage and outbursts. Um, but trigger warning for deep human suffering and rape. If you need to skip, no worries. The DC Snipers will be coming to you soon. Much love. And let's get into it. So Toyin Salau was born, Alua Toyin Ruth Salau, on August 27, 2000 in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, She was born to Victoria Salau and Sul Salau. To everyone, she was known as Toyin, but to her mother, she was known as Sunshine. And Toyin was given this nickname because she was known to light up any room she walked into. So they were all very religious. Toyin and her siblings were raised in the church. When Toyin was nine years old, she joined the church choir and she helped the, the children's department while also being active in the weekly Bible study groups. By all accounts, Toyn was a sweet child, avid reader, and she always spoke about matters that were important to her. Now, Toyin received the NAACP Dreamers and Doers Award while attending Buck Lake Elementary School. Then she went on to Swift Creek Middle School, and she was an active member in the Black History and Cultural Brain Bowl. And for a short period of time, she took a band while attending Lincoln High School. So in 2018, Toyin she graduated from Lincoln High and she continued her studies at Lively Technical College for vocation in cosmetology. And this is when Baby Girl got in her bag, y'all. She started a business in hairdressing and modeling and she flourished in her passions for makeup arts and fashion. And she even went on to post a lot of her work on social media. Um, I definitely encourage all of you to go Google Alua Twain Salau. Absolutely stunning. It's so creative and just so vibrant. So as if going to one college wasn't enough, uh, she then enrolled at Tallahassee Community, Community College in the fall of 2019, and then had intention of bridging to FAMU to study law uh, because she had concerns with injustices in society. And this is when she joined the Black Lives Matter movement. I know a lot of us participated in the Black Lives Matter protests and the marches, uh, myself included, but I want to point out that Toyin was at the front of many of the demonstrations in 2020, and she was speaking out against injustices surrounding the death of George Floyd and Tony McDade, and she was calling attention to police violence targeting Black Americans and members of the LGBTQ plus community. As we know, in May of 2020, Tony McDade, a Black trans man, was murdered by the Tallahassee police just days after the murder of George Floyd. So this baby is 19 years old, speaking in front of large crowds in front of the Tallahassee Police Department. And Torin was vocalizing the injustices surrounding the fight against systemic racism alongside the Tallahassee Community Action Committee. And she was described as a strong young Black female leader by Trish Brown who was a founding member of the organization. Another woman named Anna Sumeth, a Black Lives Matter activist from Miami, spoke about how powerful Toyin's words were and how motivated she was to be more involved in the movement and share that activism with those around her. So this baby's out here defending our rights, defending Black men, defending everybody, all Black people during one of the hottest fucking summers in Tallahassee. And I just want to point out, that while she's leading these demonstrations, while she's showing up for everybody else, she was alone experiencing sex trafficking, rape and uneasy living conditions. And there is a little bit of conflict when it comes to uh, what was going on behind the scenes. Um, But leading up to the events I will later describe, some accounts say she rented her own apartment And other accounts from her friends state that she left home due to sexual assault from a family member, resulting in her staying with close friends. This did not stop Toyin from attending the protests. Now, by June 6th of 2020, Toyin had been sexually assaulted not only by the Black man that she describes in her tweets, but also by another Black man. (laughs) And this happened some months uh, prior. And it It also happened on several different occasions. There's actually another individual and she was stuck in a sex trafficking house. So I'm going to continue the tweets of Aluatoian Salau um, just so y'all know what she tweeted on June 6th. I just want to make everything clear with her tweets uh, that she did on June 6th. So I'm actually going to start from the top and I'm going to read off every last one because These are indeed her final tweets. Anyways, I was molested in Tallahassee, Florida by a black man this morning at 530 on Richview and Park Ave. The man offered to give me a ride to find some place to sleep and recollect my belongings from a church I refused to a couple days back to escape unjust living conditions. He came disguised as a man of God and ended up picking me up from nearby Saxon Street. I entered his truck only because I carry anything to defend myself, not even a phone, which is currently at the church, and I have poor vision. I trusted the Holy Spirit to keep me safe. When we arrived at his house he offered me a shower and I thanked him, and, and the shower he and he gave me a shower and a change of clothes. He exposed himself to me by peeing with the bathroom open, obviously knowing I was out of it. I told him about a sexual assault situation that happened to me in March involving Ivan, a 32-year-old Ghanaian man who currently schools at FAMU and lives at 211 Jackson in Patterson. In parentheses, she, she put, I am currently 19 years old, who tried to force me to give him oral sex and then continued to harass me through text and knocking at my door for days. Going back to the situation that happened to me this morning, I did not fall asleep. He then asked me if I wanted a massage. At this moment, his roommate, who was in the house, was asleep. I was laying on my stomach, trying to calm myself down before, trying to calm myself down from severe PTSD. He started touching my back and rubbing my body, using my body until he climaxed, and then went to sleep. Before I realized what happened to me, I looked over and his clothes were completely off. Once I saw he was asleep, I escaped from the house and started walking from Richview Road to anywhere else. All right, last couple of tweets. So all of my belongings, my phone, my clothes, shoes are all assumably at the church where I've been trying to track since I sought spiritual guidance and refuge. I will not be silent. Literally wearing this man's clothes right now. DNA all over me because I couldn't locate his house the moment I called the police because I couldn't see. That is the last tweet. And June 6th is the last day um, that anyone uh, saw uh, Louis Twain Salau. <sighs> Let's get into it, y'all. So I'm going to tell y'all about a man named Aaron Glee Jr. So he had spent much of his life in West Palm Beach area, but started basically acting like an asshole at a young age. Now, he was three years old. His father and uncle died after their car crashed into a palm tree. Uh, So not much on how he was raised, but he got arrested for the first time in 1989 After his first arrest, he pretty much spiraled into more serious crimes, armed robbery, grand theft auto, and drug offenses. And this man had more than three dozen arrests, including county lockups and six prison stints, totaling seven years. Some of these complaints were domestic violence. All of his marriages only lasted one to two years. He abandoned his first wife and four kids, then married two more times. And those marriages did not last over the year. So a lot of his exes, they said he never held a steady job and had a drinking problem. Around Christmas 2010, an ex-girlfriend woke up to see Glee inside of her house. And he was going through one of her suitcases. He didn't have a key or permission to be there. And he eventually laughed because she was flipping the fuck out. And so... This lady who was there with her young son, uh, she takes herself and the baby upstairs and she's trying to call the police. And she looks out one of her windows and sees that Glee is still standing in the darkness by the front door. And she realizes later that he stole her son's electronic gear and his $7 allowance. Like this nigga ain't shit. So this is kind of when we get into how the justice system ain't worth a fucking damn. So July 4th, 2012, Glee had attacked a woman. Then he attacked another woman the next day. This is when the police found powder cocaine and crack lace cigarettes inside of his truck, which he the truck which he had stolen from Miami, mind you. So the police report said that this man told them that he smokes weed and sells drugs on the side to supplement his income. In 2013, Glee threw a brick through another ex-girlfriend's window and this was witnessed because the girl's mother saw him do it and take off. And he had done this because she had broken up with him later that, earlier that day. Now, sometime in 2021, he makes it to Tallahassee. And this is where he got a misdemeanor possession charge for snorting cocaine. But the charges were dropped. May 28th of 2002, he fights this man at a bus stop. And he was let go because Glee's hands didn't appear as if he had been in an altercation. Even though three witnesses confirmed that it was Glee who was beating on this man and officers still let him go. The next day, he was arrested for aggravated assault because he pushed the woman to the ground and repeatedly kicked her in the abdomen. And this, this attack, a police officer saw this. Now, he claimed that he flew into a rage because she didn't want to have sex with him. June 1st, he makes bond, and this is when he meets Toyin as she's stepping off a Star Metro bus on Appalachian Parkway. Before I get into what happens next, I want to point out that while Glee was locked up, he was said to be combative and deemed a risk for an interview with pretrial release staff before his court appearance and release so he was in jail on felony arrest y'all this risk assessment is marked as an incomplete evaluation and did not include a score for his risk of fleeing and committing more crimes they let this motherfucker out after a long history of robbery car theft drugs and battery charges so (coughs) I'm going to hold the Leon County officials and everyone involved accountable. And so should y'all. This is just crazy to me that we are in a time where black men and women are murdered by the police for just existing. And they keep letting this motherfucker go. And this last time that he made bail, they also didn't even um, order any supervision for him. So he was just out and about able to run rampant and be free. So I'm going to give you all the most accurate timeline of Toyin's disappearance that I can provide. Uh, Toyin had contact with the police early in the morning of June 6th. This was more than likely to discuss her assaults. And she was wearing a black colored t-shirt, black shorts with a distinctive light colored pattern and white colored Croc style shoes. She visited a public library located at the 2800 block of South Adams Street here is where she inquired about shelter programs for displaced women and made a phone call to a local woman's shelter that lasted about 19 minutes. Torin then left the library around 5.51 p.m., possibly to seek out other options because many of them were closed because of COVID. She arrived at the 3500 block of Appalachian Parkway around 6.07 p.m., and this is where she met Glee, and they chatted at a bus stop. Glee and Salau then left in a Toyota, and this Toyota belonged to a woman named Vicki Sims. So on June 8th, Toyin's mother contacted the Tallahassee Police Department to report that she hadn't seen her daughter in about 48 hours. According to authorities, they completed an initial investigation into her disappearance, but unfortunately couldn't figure out her whereabouts after the afternoon hours of June 6th. So, Toyn's missing person poster was released on June 9th, and her body was found on June 13th, uh, discarded in Glee's backyard. I'm going to explain how they ended up finding her. Authorities located Alua Toyn's body while looking for 75-year-old retired state worker Vicki Sims. Uh, she had gone missing a few days prior. So, Sims' family, uh, they had spoken with investigators who then developed a list of her friends and associates. One of them was a man named Aaron Glee Jr. who lived on Monday Road. Sims would often prepare meals for him and give him rides because he didn't have a vehicle. They traced her cell phone to his dilapidated home located at 2110 Monday Road and identified Glee as the resident. When authorities arrived, uh, this is what they found. They found uh, Vicky Sims' Toyota on the northeast side of the residence. The car was covered in mud and didn't start and a sheet had been placed over the back of the car to hide the license plate. And the license plate which Glee had bent to better conceal the numbers. So he had kind of like twisted it up. So Upon knocking, they're knocking on the door. They do believe that Vicky Sims is located at this residence. So they're knocking and knocking. Eventually, they have to breach the door. So they kick that shit down. And trigger warning, this is when I get into how they are found. So they find Sims in the northwest bedroom. She was positioned on the carpet floor in a partially prone position. Her arms and her feet have been bound behind her. And Vicki Sims was deceased. Authorities searched the property for Glee and they don't find him. While searching the wooded area around his home, they found the remains of a luitorian Salau. She was located approximately 250 feet northeast of his home. Her body was purposely covered with leaves and other vegetation. And it is unclear if she was still bound like Sims, but her body displayed visible trauma. Now, two hours before the discovery of Aluatoin Salau and Vicki Sims, at 3.48 p.m., Glee purchased a Greyhound bus ticket and departed around 5.45 p.m. and headed towards West Palm Beach. So, on June 14th, Glee was detained by officers and was then taken to an Orlando hospital because he said he had breathing issues. Now, while in the hospital, he confessed, um that he ran into Toyin on the six, and this is it's gonna get um pretty rough y'all so when he runs into Toyin on the six, he presented himself as a kind and caring man to Toyin who had been going through her troubles with unstable living conditions and her sexual assaults she confided in him and said she had nowhere to go Glee told her she could come back home with him and get rest and a hot shower and food Right after showering, Glee made advances on Alua Toyin Salau and she shot him down. Now, after a struggle uh, during the fight, like she she fought hard. She fought so hard and she bit him. And I guess this made him go into a rage. He tied Toyin up and raped her over the course of three to five days. And he says three to five days because he was drunk Um, now between the rapes, he would untie her so she could bathe and eat, but he kept her hostage and she was unable to escape. He then decided that he would kill her because he didn't want to go back to jail. So Glee tied Aluatorian Salau with a rope in a way that would solely suffocate her. He suffocated this 19 year old baby over the course of several hours checking in on her uh, periodically until she died. So, we have this confession and he also confessed to his mother. And now, of course, I mean, this man had a whole history of being a fucking bitch, being an asshole to society. But now here's when he gets analyzed and this is when the white experts come in and you know, say he's a serial killer. Um, Now, they believe that uh, Glee had many of the same traits as a serial killer, including binding his victims and letting one of them die slowly by asphyxiation. So expert Enzo Yaksik said, his assaults occurred over three decades and his victims were usually female. Shows that Glee's hatred towards women, a hallmark of serial homicide, manifested gradually until it culminated in the death of excuse me, in the deaths of Salau and Sims, two women who refused to comply with his demands. So Aaron Glee Jr. was charged with the murders of Louis Toyn Salau and Vicky Sims. This came after his confession in the hospital and over the phone with his mother. Now, I did find a 2022 article that provided a court date that is set for August of this year. There were talks of the death penalty being on the table, but allegedly that has now transformed to talks of a plea deal in exchange for two consecutive life sentences. Allegedly, Glee scratched his previous attorney, sent that man a letter, and said his services were no longer required. So now he's going to have a public defender. I just hope he rots wherever the fuck he's going. Now, just to end this, I got to tell y'all, I'm kind of pissed off. The inaccurate reporting of Alu- alua Twins allows disappearance and murder. I'm going to need for that to be updated. I'm going to need for these articles. I'm going to need for these um, these news uh, story people, these reporters, these journalists. I'm going to need for y'all to get y'all shit together. Because to see that her name is spelled wrong, a lot of the articles are from 2020. Some articles say that she went missing on the 7th or on the 10th. And it's just the fact that the clothes that I described, that Alua Toyin Salah was wearing the early morning of June 6th, when she was speaking with police officers, those are the same clothes that were found in Aaron Glee Jr.'s house. We have to do more research. There is the State of Florida versus Aaron Glee Jr. court documents that can be found online. I do encourage that everybody go out and look up a Lua twain Salal story and then come to your own conclusions and start conversations. Now, I truly believe that Torin was failed, failed by everybody. Now, this 19-year-old this girl, and I'm just scratching my notes because I don't even want to say what I have put in here. This 19-year-old girl was in the middle of one of the biggest organized protests in history. Not only fighting for uh, trans rights, she was uh, fighting for Black women and then for Black men to walk out of their doors and make it back home safe at the end of the fucking day. So she's leading these protests. She's leading these demonstrations. She's being very vocal and she had no place to go no one to confide in was seeking out shelters was part was trapped in a sex trafficking house and had been brutalized by two or three different black men what the fuck is happening black men everywhere y'all need to start having conversations because where the fuck are y'all when it is us where is everybody else when a black girl a young 19 year old black girl is brutalized and thrown in the back of a black man's backyard like fucking trash when just weeks prior she's marching in the forefront of the george floyd and tony mcdade protests in tallahassee florida this shit ain't making sense y'all it's not making sense to me now tony's friends who had seen her last, they did allegedly, they tried to create a GoFundMe and tried to pull together scholarship funds in her honor. Allegedly, she was sued um, by Toyin's mother and was given a cease and desist for speaking out against them collecting money. And by them, I mean the family. She was speaking out against the family collecting money because they thought it was wrong because Toyin was running from them to begin with. So I would really like to know what happened with her family. Because to give up home, to live, seek refuge in churches, seek refuge with strangers, be in the streets. I want to know what what horrors did she face in that house with her family that caused her to choose this life versus being at home? That that is the question I have, but I'm not gonna say too much because Big Mama out here sending out cease and desist, black girl true crime, we can't take that right now. So um I'm gonna I'm not even gonna include the messiness that I had um included in this. I thought it was important, but honestly it fucking isn't. Um y'all can find all of this information online. So I wanna just in parting before I play a clip of one of Alua Toyn Salau's speeches, I wanna tell y'all. Alua Twain should be a household name. I wanna remind y'all that when the anniversary of the riots and protests come about this year, y'all need to include her in y'all's stories.
1: No, can't nobody silence me. I just want, it's not that all lives don't matter, but right now, our lives matter. Black lives matter.
0: Yes. Black trans
1: lives matter. Yes trans lives matter yes. because guess what we all minorities but right now like let's focus on the person who got killed tony mcday was a black trans man okay we're not doing this we're doing this for him we're doing this for our brothers and our sisters who got shot but we're doing this for every black person because at the end of the day i cannot take my fucking skin color off I cannot mask this shit, okay? Everywhere I fucking go, I'm profiled whether I like it or not. That right ain't right. Like, I'm looked at whether I like it or not. That ain't right. Being skin, bruh. This shit, I can't take this shit off. So guess what? I'ma die about it. Yeah. I'ma yes. die about my fucking skin. You cannot take my fucking blackness away from me. My blackness is not for your fucking consumption, nigga. It's not. It's not. Okay? It's not. And y'all need to listen. It's like I said, it's okay to be angry. Use wisdom. Don't move stupidly and get yourself hurt. You all already seen we all in this together. I, I didn't mean to like divide anybody. We all in this together. My brother who got, um, he got ran over. Y'all need to know who the fucking enemy is. I, I sometimes I get mad. But I'm not trying to divide nobody. Y'all need to remember
0: who fucking enemy is. It's racist, Tallahassee. White, racist, Tallahassee. Ready to us, May our sister, Alua Torian Salau, rest in absolute power. Um. So this is going to be the conclusion of her story. I want to thank everybody who has tuned in for the people who have been showing up for Black Girl True Crime. I am still blown away by the support and y'all be putting up with my shit. And I am so appreciative and humble. Um, so I'm going to, of course, tell y'all where you can find me because I forgot last time. And don't forget to leave me a review on the Apple Podcast. I do appreciate five stars if you are down with your girl. Um, but the reviews are definitely helpful. Now, you can find me on TikTok at blackgirl__truecrime. My Facebook is Black Girl True Crime Podcast. I I know that y'all have been going and looking at that sad excuse of a page, but I promise I'm going to start posting content on there. Now, my Instagram is Black Girl underscore True Crime Podcast. Keep in mind, I'm building these platforms brick by brick. So y'all engaging with Simi over the moon. Now, my personal uh, TikTok, that's my primary TikTok. I need to be posting on the other one. But y'all can find me at ksimone 93 on TikTok. And then, of course, send uh, key suggestions to Black Girl True Crime Podcast at gmail.com. So y'all go out there, do good, be good, let that nigga go, grow your edges back, and drink some fucking water. And I will catch y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to Black Girl True Crime.